Welcome to Unconformed Podcast. This is a 30-ish minute podcast created to celebrate and showcase diversity within Black Male Thought. I'm Darius Watkins. Yep, I'm Ryan Thomas. Hey, and we are live. Hey, what's good, bro? Man, I'm good, man. I've been having a pretty good week. Um, I'm excited about, just still excited about the Derek Chauvin verdict. Still yeah. excited about the implications of that. And uh, just, you know, I'm encouraging people to take a breath. You know, take a breath. Let's take it in. Let's not rush past this. In order to get back to work, let's take it in. I mean, that's been my message all week since it happened. We, we started off real heavy. I don't know, Ryan, you always do that. Uh, I know. But, uh, <laughs> speaking of celebrating, speaking of celebrating, uh, we just released a playlist. Um, so if you are listening to this episode right now, all you have to do is go to um, our Instagram page and you can find our playlist there. Um, Ryan, what was your favorite song? And you know, man, that's a tough question because... When it comes to summertime music, I'm listening for a certain type of vibe, certain type of acoustic, certain type mm-hmm. of bass. You know, this is, I'm not even going to front, bro. One of my favorite summertime songs ever is Beyonce Party. Easy. And I know you Easy. probably was not expecting that. No, I was, Beyonce it, Party. It, it, yes, I was expecting it. Hey, look, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have no bias, bro. Beyonce mm-hmm. Party is a bop, a whole bop. So, like, uh, I love the fact that we got that on there. And, you know, honestly, we want to let, let everybody know some of the songs might be a little ratchet, you know, but, you know, we're going to try to put the clean versions on that. That's all we can do, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and the funny thing about Party is that um, I sent you my list originally, and then you added to it. But by the time you got ready to add Party to it, I had already added to it. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like, I just heard it and I was like, that? I was like, I like this song. Um, but yes. like another song that I really like, let me see. I'm, I'm looking at the list right now. Um, let me see. Uh, let me know. Do you know Let Me Know by Andy Minio? Oh, ah, uh, what year did that come out? Probably like 2013, 2020. Uh, but, but oh, almost. okay. No, I don't know that one then. <laughs> so every year, Reach Records um releases like a summer playlist, and like that song is like okay. it feels like summer. So it's uh, a okay, okay. and a guy named uh Mark E. Bassey, I think his name is. It's a, it's a good song. Yeah, yeah, it's got like the good little summer vibes. You, you feel like you're on the beach or something like that when you listen to it. And it's Andy Minio. The, the man just makes good music. Yeah, yeah. So check out the playlist if you get an opportunity. You know, uh, where is it found again? Let the people know, Darius. Yeah, man. Um, well, we recorded this episode two weeks before it come out. I just want to let y'all folks know. <laughs> so things may change. You try to put this pressure on me. Uh, okay, okay. No, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. But there will be a link. To, I don't want you to get the line. Yeah, there will be a link on the Instagram page where you can find it. I can okay, see it cool. Um, cool, but it, cool. it will be available on Apple and Spotify. If you title, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I, I truly don't. Um, yeah. But it will be available on Apple and Spotify. You ready? Okay. Get, you ready to get into um, these guests we got today? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and start it off. Let's go. Who we got? Man, we got, man. I want to say 50% of our listeners are women, right? And I feel like we always try to like cater to like our women listeners. And, and like, sometimes it's not fair. We'll talk about dating and stuff like that. And we won't necessarily have women on. Um, and like, they, they may be like, that's not fair. Like, and, or like whatever, whatever. And I get it. Like that is true. Um, and I, I came across this from Matt Hudson. I came across this podcast from our guy, Matt Hudson. He was on a podcast. I want to say like early April, like super early April. When we did the live episode. So he was on then. Y'all know Matt, uh, funny guy, all that stuff. But I, I came across them from there. Um, they literally like everything that you would look for in a millennial black Christian podcast, in my opinion. 
Um, yeah. In my opinion, it's true because it's my podcast. So we here. Uh, but <laughs> we got our girls from Rooted, Rooted Life Podcast. Uh, Rooted Life Podcast. Um, we got Mo. We got Doe. Uh, they are from Atlanta slash DC. Is it Atlanta, DC? Okay. Atlanta. Hey, hey, down, stay down. Y'all know what it is. Yeah, yeah, they, they represent that. They represent that GA. And for people that like full names, it's Morgan McCrory and Dorian Ezard. Ezard, you were close. Ezard, oh yeah, lord, yeah, yeah. I was like that last name. Might I know me. it's a hard one. It's a hard one. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna try. That's why I said Mo and Doe. I was like, hey. Mo and Doe, Mo and Doe. Keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? What's up? I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. This is great. Uh, listening to y'all's y'all's banter was pretty funny, and I'm Very always gonna <laughs> I'm gonna always support parties. So yeah, shout out to y'all for putting it on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. Also, because yeah. Andre's in there, and it's like if Andre Three K's mm. in the song, maybe it's the remix. It's, you can't go see, wrong. You see, just, let, let me just make sure I say Andre's in the remix. J Cole's in the original, produced by Kanye. Mm. Oh, what a what a beautiful! That's some heat right there. That's a medley there for y'all. Wow, that's, that's some heat. That's okay. why it goes so hard. Okay, I makes right. perfect sense. I don't think I ever heard the J Cole version. Honestly, like I don't think I don't I think I did either. Heard the J Cole, and I'm a J Cole fan. Like I'm, I'm a stan. Like I'll, I'll be honest. Come on, stan. Yeah, but like I've never yeah. heard this, so this is news to me. In the music video, J Cole is in there, so just look it up. You know, just for know. those who want to know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, bet, bet, bet. So today, uh, we're gonna be talking about purity culture. Uh, we're gonna t- be talking about that within context of the church, uh, and we're gonna be talking about it with again, like one of my favorite podcasts out right now. Um, and we will link their stuff in the description, and they will talk about that at the end of the episode. So stick around. You gonna wanna you gonna wanna hear all this smoke they got. Smoke. Um, Absolutely. So just tell us a little bit about yourselves. You know, uh, Mo, you can start off, and then from there we move on to Doe, and then we'll get into the purity culture talk. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Morgan. Get to run a podcast slash Christian lifestyle brand for the everyday millennial with my best friend, Dorian. Uh, We're from Atlanta. We've been running the Rooted Life for almost two years now. We're all about making faith just a lifestyle and helping people really pursue wholeness and showing them that like following God is fun. Like, yeah, it's tough out there. But when you're really seeking him and allowing him to work and move in your heart and transform you into the likeness of his son, there is so much delight and joy in that. And so we're all about just showing the joy of following Christ, showing them friendships and relationships. Um, And in my day job, I work for my church full time. I lead our local engagement and community partnership efforts. And so I get to be in the community all day working with nonprofits, which is really my heart. Um, and then running this podcast or this business with my best friend is the other thing I'm really passionate about. So very grateful to be on y'all's podcast and very excited to hear y'all's perspective. I don't think I've ever engaged in the conversation with other Christian men about this topic. So I am very excited. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm, good, good, it. good. All right, Doe, you up? Uh, yeah. So I am Dorian, also known as Doe. Um, my full time, I'm a senior event planner at um, a local nonprofit, well, public charter school here in DC. Um, And so I spend a lot of my time uh, basically just event planning. It's kind of like a natural skill of mine. I think it's because I'm a two being a helper on the Enneagram. So I'm just Mm. a natural host. Um, And so, yeah, at church, I serve on the hospitality team and then also um, really passionate about just like mentoring younger students. So I'm also on the students ministry. And then back when we had athletics, um, coach cheerleading on the side as well. So 
Yeah, I love everything about what we do with The Rooted Life. Um, really just kind of painting a new picture for people, not making um, Christianity this like list of do's and don'ts, but really just kind of showing people that it's about relationship and not trying to work in the confines of a religion. Um, so yeah, excited to talk to y'all today. Thanks for having us. That's real. That. She said that. Paint <laughs> a new that. picture? Somebody yes, write queen. that down. Hey, hey, yes, queen. That. That silly. <laughs> what what uh, charter network do you work for? Kip DC. Kip DC. I used to work mm-hmm. at Kip Memphis. Oh, uh, I'm a school oh nice. Uh, okay, but, yeah. But it's yeah, so yeah. funny. I saw Mr. Watkins when we were waiting to come into the meeting. I was like, he must be an education. Because <laughs> 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 anybody who's like Mr. or Miss, I'm like, education for sure. <laughs> now that's real. Um, all right, so as far as purity culture goes, like, when was the first time y'all even heard that word before? I feel like growing up, no one ever said that word. They're like, we're mm-hmm. engaging in purity culture. There was just this understanding and this uh, emphasis on, like, virginity. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was all about abstaining. You abstain, you abstain, and you abstain in hopes that, like, one day you're going to, like, have this magical, wonderful, like, Christ-led relationship. So it was like, the, for me, no one ever said the word, but there was a huge emphasis on, like, you don't date you were abstinent and you refrain from like any sexual activity um, with the end goal in mind of getting a husband, not like because you want to please God with your body and treat your body as a temple. It was all about refraining in order to obtain some gift from God, which would be a spouse. And I didn't really see them telling boys that it felt like it was something they were just telling the girls a lot um, Mm -hmm. in the different churches I grew up in. Yeah. I think the association with the female specific teaching is also this idea of like you don't want to get pregnant like you don't want to have a baby out of wedlock like there was Mm -hmm. also kind of this stigma around if like the consequences of engaging in premarital sex because it is visible um as far as this sin on a woman um versus Mm -hmm. like on a male as well so I didn't really hear that label of purity culture honestly until more recently like in my adult life but I do think that general sentiment of just like make sure you don't do anything so you don't have to be the black sheep at church was the general consensus. Yeah. yeah. And it would, and it would sometimes even be kissing, not kissing, you know, not going on one-on-one dates. Mm. I mean, it would go really extreme, you know, not just the sex part. It's like, you should almost be asexual until you find your spouse. Yeah. And yeah. I was just going to add to that. I feel like for a lot of people, that was the beginning and end of their sex education as children. That's mm. the other dangerous part is if as a parent, if you think the purity culture is preparing your child for a world that is overly sexualized and a society where particularly black girls are overly sexualized, like you're doing them a disservice. So I think for like my mother, that was the extent of the conversation, but like there was education that needed to be provided. Um, but there's almost a fear of like, if you provide kids with education then they'll go do it. And so for me, I feel like that's also part of the, the downfall of purity culture is like just not educating kids enough um, mm. about sexuality and things of that nature. <laughs> No problem. Okay. So, so there is, do you have a, you have a definition that you want us to, to work off of for this podcast? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I I got a definition. Uh, purity culture is the term often used for the evangelical movement that attempts to promote a biblical view of purity by discouraging dating and promoting virginity before marriage, often through, through, uh, use of tools such as purity pledges, symbols, and, uh, purity dances, maybe even purity rings, like, all those things are kind of associated with purity culture. Mm. You know, what was so interesting, um, the article that you had sent us about purity culture and like the rings and the balls and all of these different things. I thought it was so interesting that when they looked at the data, 
mm -hmm. there was actually not really a difference between the kids who signed those pledges or went to the balls or put the rings on mm -hmm. and kids who had no association with this kind of purity culture um, ideology, if you will. And so I just thought it was so interesting that essentially if purity culture, if the goal of it was to be a biblical perspective of mm -hmm. how to abstain and waiting for marriage and to think that there was enough of a disconnect to where the kids who got it and the kids who didn't, there was no difference between the actual outcomes. And I think it says something like maybe 83 or 84% of the kids actually denied that they had even like signed <laughs> up or heard anything about purity culture. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was somebody so, else. That wasn't me. I'm just like, dang, <laughs> there's, there was clearly a gap in like information there because there was no difference in actual behavior. Yeah. Um, and I, and I can just like kind of speak to that a little bit too. Um, I, I think like in the church that I grew up, grew up in or whatnot, like a lot, like it was pressure on guys, but it was like more pressure on, on girls and women. I feel like, especially just like with the results, like one being pregnancy, like the guy didn't have to like bury any physical results or anything like that. But we, what we saw in my church, what I saw, like with a lot of people who I'm still in community with was like, um, a lot of us were like still engaging in other ways, but it just wasn't the penetrative act of sex most times mm. so like and what would happen is like what, what what i saw was that like a lot of people in my church would like end up like getting a marriage and being like damn made it by a thread i'm like but did you really though like did you mm. really think about a thread like um if this is your intention the whole time you know like the whole the whole idea of like if you look at a woman lustfully then you've committed a, a, adultery mm -hmm. like i don't i don't see that and i think that was like the biggest gap that we saw um mm -hmm. in purity culture yeah i think there's also this like the hierarchy of sin, I think is just so problematic. Like, because I mean, the Lord looks at us in the same. So the fact that we would sit here and say, you know, as people, we like to rank which sins are worse than others. And another part of purity culture is saying like, oh, you know, sex before marriage being an unforgivable sin is one thing that I saw as like a framing of it. But it's like, that's not biblically sound first off. And then it also puts us in this space of like, I've completely missed the idea of living my life to glorify God. If I'm just trying to refrain from little things so that I'm, you know, working within a framework of not um, doing the worst sins, if you will, like, yeah. And anyway. Yeah. So if, if you had to think about, if you guys had to think about, okay, what are the positives of purity culture? Or like, obviously the intention or the goal, if it's mm -hmm. well-meaning, what could be those positives? And then what are those? I think we, we've talked about the negatives a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so get, just wanted to see if there were any positives that you guys saw in it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I the waiting into marriage, I guess the intention behind wanting people to treat their bodies as a temple, because that's biblical. Mm -hmm. like, that's positive. Like wanting people to enjoy sex in the container of marriage as God designed it to be. That's positive. Mm -hmm. I will give them points on the intention. Um, mm -hmm. But also this idea of like, I guess part of my issue, I guess I'm going straight to negative is like some of it's not <laughs> biblical to be like, you shouldn't date. Show me that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. Show me your proof. Like if that's your perspective and you want to create a whole movement behind it, then I need a little bit more biblical support about my dating life. Right. And, like, I, and, and I guess that's my problem, too. I've had conversations with people who said, well, dating is not in the Bible, as if to say, because it's not explicitly written, mm -hmm. that it's like something wrong with it. Mm 
Mm. What would you say? say, Yeah, what would you say to those people? Like dating isn't in the Bible. People was betrothed and things of that nature, and you know, people had to, you know. So, what would you say to that? (laughs) I think that God has given us God. God doesn't give us every single thing in the Bible about every single thing we're going to experience. Hey, when someone when someone cuts you off in the traffic. You don't flick them off. It's like he's given us principles to live by. And so the Bible mm-hmm. is a set of principles and standards for us to abide by, not because we want to be legalistic in our living, but because he wants us to live a full life full of freedom and abundancy. So like, no, maybe dating is not, but there are plenty of other things that are not in the Bible that is like, if I'm living by the standards of loving others and loving myself as Christ has loved me, mm-hmm. then I can use those guidelines. But I think that's a very dangerous uh, premise to live by because there's many things that are not in the Bible that mm-hmm. we know are so wrong. Like, cussing somebody out <laughs> yeah, yeah. somebody else you know like there's just so many things like everything is not there but we have the baseline the principles that we can live by the foundation to help us guide our lives mm-hmm. that's good yeah yes she said it there yeah and i think that like um the book i kiss dating goodbye was like a big part of uh purity culture um mm. I, I i'll link i'll link the uh, articles that we're talking about because we're going to be talking about primarily two articles one by the mm-hmm. gospel coalition and one uh in reference to uh tim keller but um, I kiss dating goodbye was like referenced in both articles. Um, and like, I feel like that's what led to like a lot of that talk, even though the guy himself left, even though the guy himself who made the book is no longer even a Christian. Right. Um, right. And he's already like said that like this was wrong. And uh, he's divorced now. And not, also divorced. Not yeah. to say that that's horrible, but mm-hmm. that's informative. Yeah. 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 Of his perspective <laughs> on relationships and yeah. how he was actually living out with relationships. But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing about the book, too, is like there was a fear based approach um, in that perspective. And I think like when you think about anything that is based on fear, like if you are using fear to drive your actions for anything, it's not going to last long, like because that's then you're you're focused on behavior modification versus heart transformation. Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at wanting to pursue specific like principles or things that we want to do in our lives as believers, there has to be a heart change first. So I think that like that at the end of the day, I don't think that was ever going to work because like if you're scaring people into abstinence, then there's no lasting effect of that. Um, And then also it's like the, the idea of purity is like, not just related to sex and my body. Like I want to be pure in how I talk to people. I want to be pure in how I treat people. Like I think there's a a depth to purity that's completely missed in this purity culture conversation or whatever was kind of being used to just like bully kids into not having sex, really. Not bully. (laughs) That's low-key what it was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with agree with that. And as far as like fear based, I think like in the article, uh, the Gospel Coalition article, it talks about like the '90s, like being the the parents who were in their in their uh, who grew up during the sexual re- revolution, mm-hmm. and you had AIDS. AIDS had just popped off. It was the number one killer in America. And then you mm-hmm. had uh, teen pregnancy at an all time high. So you right. do have to like, if you're a Christian or, or non Christian, you still have to like take a step back and be like how much of this was like truly fear-based of like my daughter getting pregnant or my son becoming becoming a father at the age of 16. Cause you mm-hmm. did see those numbers go down, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the numbers went down because of things other than purity culture, even though like they take the credit for it. Um, mm-hmm. And even if, even if those numbers did go down because of that, like, was it, was it really a working hard or was it fear-based? Like as a mm-hmm. school counselor, right. as a school counselor, like people want results automatically. They're like, nah, right. I, I want this kid to like, I want this kid in class right now. I'm like, this mm-hmm. kid can be in class right now. But in two more weeks, you're going to be dealing with the same issue. So exactly. like, 
So how are we judging results? Is it just mm-hmm. like something we want to see or, or is it actual heart transformation? Like you said. Right. I think that's a good point too. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, God is pleased by my heart. So it's God, did this please God? You know, I'm just curious to think about it. If I just refrain from having sex, but you know, it's just like at the end of the day, if my desire is to please God, and I know that God looks at the heart, it's like, is he pleased simply by me going through the motion? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if that pleases him. I think what pleases him is when I'm becoming more like him and I'm submitting to the sanctification process and the Holy Spirit yanking me up. And so I wonder too, it's like, I just can't wait to get to heaven and be like, so God, what you think about this? Like, what's this, what was your, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Was this pleasing to you? Did this glorify you? Because if it didn't, then that's the issue at the end of the day. It's like, did it glorify God? Did it bring him glory? Did it bring people to know him and know his love for, for them? And I just, I, I worry if this is this fear-based perspective had people kind of what you're saying, Dorian, caught up in this idea of like, I just got to do, do, do to please God. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just spend time with me. Right. Like, get to know who I am. Get to know how I see you, why I created your body the way I did. And I wonder how that approach um, would have shifted some of these statistics that you kind of referenced during this in the article mm-hmm. too. Um, and also just like, how did this impact people who then get married? Cause I have a married friend once who was telling me that because she got taught so much that sex was wrong, that in marriage, it was, it's been really hard for her to remember that like, she's allowed to have, like she can have sex with her mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I, I keep getting feeling guilty. She's like, but I'm, because I've been told to feel so guilty that even when I'm in the, the right framework that God intended, I can't even enjoy it. Like I'm supposed to, because I've been mm-hmm. like, they've hammered on just fear. Mm-hmm. her whole life and I'm like dang I wonder how that's impacted people's marriages as well yeah two thoughts that I had first off anything that's fear-based doesn't account for grace because Come on. Like, grace covers all of that so that was like one of the things that popped into my mind when you said that but then also this idea of like I wonder what the impact of purity culture would have been when we talked about the knowledge gap how at the end of the day there's not much of a difference between the purity culture kids and the kids who weren't a part of that life what what difference would it have made if they would have been taught that their sexual desires are actually from God like that is the one thing that is like that is the one desire that is a God-given desire he just needs us to have better like decision making and agency of choice and how we actually like live that one out you know and so that's why we have the parameters of like okay waiting until marriage things like that but like it's a God-given desire to have sexual desire it just there's a specific framework that that's supposed to exist inside of so I think like if the teaching could have focused more on like this is how you manage those desires and this is what it looks like this is a healthy way for those desires to exist and this is a way that um is not pleasing to God like but if they would have not made the fact of having it or wanting to kiss someone or wanting to date a bad thing how that might have impacted the kids Mm. can I add one more thing too it also makes me wonder how that impacted kids entire relationship with God if yeah. this thing, sex is such an important part of our humanity. I mean, in, in some ways it is, we have to reproduce. Um, if they're taught to, when you have a desire that is against what you think God wants you to do, then you can just run from it and you just avoid it and you just mm. hide it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. you're wrong. And I just wonder how that impacted people and their mm-hmm. walk and their understanding of, of grace and God's relationship. It was like, well, this yep. is bad. So like, I just got to refrain and like, will myself to be obedient? It's like, that's mm. so hurtful and completely neglects the work of the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Absolutely. I just think about how that must impacted their their faith walk and their, perspe- their, perspective, their perspective of God and their understanding yeah. of his grace and their willingness to continue to do the walk. Because like, if you got to hide who you are and hide your desires Before over and over God. again, eventually that's going to that's gonna wear on you. You know, right. so I just wonder how that impacted people's faith journey as well. Mm. Yeah, and I Absolutely. can just like give like a quick example. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me ask this real quick question before you hey, do you that. You got it, bro. 
because we're like right in the middle of this question. Like I, I kind of want to, and, and we haven't mentioned this, but Mo and Doe, both of y'all are single women, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. You're, you're so, raising the roof. Right? Yeah, she's raising the roof. She's excited about that. I'm but, a woman who's in. Okay. Okay. All right. Beyonce. I literally go. sing every time. <laughs> this is like a thing. My apologies. All I forgot. This is not our podcast. I can't oh, no. Yeah. Right, it's y'all podcast today. It's all good. <laughs> but, you know, basically, I did want to interject here. Like, the gospel clearly teaches that no man or woman is justified by works of the law. Mm-hmm. Like, so even if a person is able to, submit fully to the tenets of purity culture that culture cannot clean them and right. make them holy or righteous so it's kind of like offering this thing to them offering this righteousness that it cannot fulfill for them you know so but at the same time it is important to have things like modesty you know it is important to have wisdom in dating you know not to date friend after friend after friend and things like that so I guess my question is like, how do we differentiate between, you know, um, those rigid legalistic purity culture things versus like practices that are good and sound Mm -hmm. and holy? Like, how do we make those distinctions? Yeah. I mean, I think legalism doesn't include God, like, but you can't please God without God. So you have to invite the spirit into anything that you do, like any behavior that is taking place, any action, you have to invite the spirit in to inform that action. So whenever I think about like, okay, I don't want to be just doing things just for the sake of saying that I'm a good Christian, like, and anytime I feel like I am doing that thing, then I know that I'm not actually like operating by the spirit. I'm not letting him inform my behavior and my action. So, Mm. I mean, I think it's it's as simple as like inviting God into the process. So, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything in your own strength. And even if you can do it in your own strength, kind of like what Mo was saying earlier, like, I don't know that God looks at that as pleasing because he's looking at the heart behind the action anyway. So he sees the fear or the doubt or the whatever is present that is making you do a certain thing, but your heart's not actually turned towards him. Yeah. I think that's hard. I think inviting community in and resources, there is a lot of theologies Mm -hmm. out there but I think inviting people in who you trust who have healthy relationships not just marriage because like marriage is not my my goal I want a a a life-giving marriage a life like a marriage that draws people to Christ you know what I mean like my goal is not marriage my goal is to have somebody to carry this mantle of ministry with so people can know Christ like that is the end goal and so I think that when you're looking for wise counsel like those are the kind of relationships and marriages that I am trying to connect myself to Mm -hmm. and learn from them and I think there's a lot of really great resources out there, but, I, but resources that are biblically based, that are not fear-based, that are mm-hmm. based on wisdom and practicality, um, kind of what we talked about before. But I think I would say inviting community in um, and inviting additional resources. Because like we said, the Bible is not very explicit on dating. And so sometimes we need some other wise counsel to kind of walk us through some of the principles that we can find in the Bible to help us just guide us as we date. And I want to yeah. add to like, in order to be informed as it relates to romantic relationships, you have to be informed about all of your other relationships. Like first off your relationship with yourself. Like if you don't talk kindly to yourself, if you're not disciplined by yourself, like start with you first off. And then from you, like what are your other 
automatic existing relationships, the people that you work with, your family, your closest friends, like what do those relationships look like? Because you cannot think that you're going to have unhealthy friendships, family relationships, or even personal habits. And then all of a sudden have a healthy romantic relationship. Don't fool yourself. It just doesn't work. So, I mean, I think like when, when we talk about how to how to date wisely or how to um, engage in romantic relationships wisely. Like it really starts with all of the other relationships in your lives. And, and I don't think that it's helpful for us to try to separate the two. Yeah, no, that's real. And uh, it's actually something that uh, Ryan and I, or Ryan and our marriage group was talking about like a couple of days ago. Mm. Uh, like, and that's like me personally, I was like, dang, like I thought that when I got married, yeah, 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 uh, this mm-hmm. is going to be good. No, it's not like you still gonna have to work on yourself. Um, like period like if you if you don't then like your marriage will struggle i'm not gonna say it's it's, it's, it's gonna fail but like it will definitely um ha- have room for growth that's what i'll mm. say it'll suffer it'll suffer <laughs> it'll suffer mm. yeah yeah i agree with that 100 percent. yeah and i think you know purity is like such a thing that you know i think we want to keep reiterating this this isn't purity bashing right mm-hmm. we want to be pure in heart but the in heart part is the most important part of that. Right. And Jesus is the only one who can change a person's heart. Right. So uh, I even think about the woman at the well, you know, who was clearly struggling with purity, you know, and Jesus did not spend a bunch of time giving her rules and regulations. He said, you should be drinking of the well of life, which is me. Mm-hmm. And that will solve the issue that you're having. Um, and so I think, I, I definitely agree with everything that you guys are saying. Uh, did you have an example that you wanted to give there? So I, I interrupted you earlier. I wanted to give you a chance to come back to that. I don't know. No, no, I didn't have an example. I I just was, said, Dorian. oh, I thought you said Dorian. My bad. Uh, <laughs> y'all, you know, y'all's names you sound do, you know, a lot alike. Like, they sound alike. They sound alike. So Wait, <laughs> Mo, my bad, my bad. <laughs> hey, but this y'all podcast, though. Yeah. This is the Mo and Do show. Okay. Yeah. You see that? Well, this man, wow. Uh, one thing I was gonna say, like that, like purity culture as a whole is taught by men. Um, it's taught by men um, yeah. for the most part, as far as like in the church, all these things. Like, so I think what you see a, a lot of times is, I think what you see a lot of times is the results, like benefiting men, uh, to the point where you see like a lot of results in purity mm. culture. Like, it's okay, it's okay to marry. It's okay mentally. Like they may not say it, but they may strongly suggest it. But it's it's okay to marry a man who was sexually active. But like once it's a woman that's sexually active, then like people tend to view that differently. Um, and that's a result of purity culture. And like, why is that the case? I think my personal opinion is because like so many males teach teach this, and they don't necessarily have proximity to that as it relates to women. Um, mm-hmm. And then you build up marriage, you build up sex, and all these things. Um, and you, and what in my opinion, what you end up doing is just getting the male's perspective of it, and women bear the brunt of, of everything so we talked about modesty ryan i like that you said that but i think that historically modesty has, has only been related to women mm-hmm. so like no i i agree with you 100 percent. actually i don't even know if we have a modesty you know framework i've looked for, men. for it oh i'm talking about for women my bad oh for, oh no for for men i don't think you do but, yeah, but even for women yeah what, what would you say about that for women though mo I looked, I think I was reading the Proverbs 31 woman and trying to dissect the word because I think that people use Proverbs 31 and and I think another scripture New Testament to try to get to the root of the word behind modesty. And I never did find what everyone had preached when I was growing up about women Mm. being modest. I'm not saying that's not important, but I was struggling to find biblical evidence that Mm. explicitly stated it the way they kind of taught me growing up. So I'll just leave it. But that was just my limited study. Yeah, 
I'm not yeah. saying it's not relevant or important, but even yeah. I think there's just a lot of things we talk about this all the time, but Dr. Darius talks about like detoxing from bad doctor. And there are so many things that we were taught that are just not biblical. So I think if people are feeling confused, like go to the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. God says, seek and you will find knock and I will answer. Like draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. So like, if you have a desire to understand more about his heart behind purity, like go to the source mm-hmm. and go to wise counsel because you don't, you weren't meant to try to figure it out on your own. He knew that we couldn't. That's why he gave us a whole Bible and his spirit. Mm-hmm. He's like, these folks don't know what they're doing. They need Not help. Not at all. Sure need don't. help. <laughs> one thing I'd just like to add to the conversation is that uh, Tim Keller, uh, who's one of my favorite theologians of all time, honestly, um, he went in on Twitter um, on this topic. Um, and he talked about just the idea of, um, and I think that's kind of related to like the soulmate mentality of like, you're not, you're not a, a whole person until you have a mate. Um, mm-hmm. where, where where scripture doesn't support that. Um, again, we're gonna link the we're gonna link the article in there in there, and we also have an episode on soulmates too. So listen to that um, if you are already here. Uh, but promo. with that being said, though, I do think that um, what you laughing at, Ryan? I said that's some good promo right there. Hey, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just there throwing it out there. Uh, but with that being said, like I I think that like ultimately like that was like the most damaging part to me of purity culture. Um, the idea that you're not whole until you have a spouse, the idea that you're not whole until, until this. And fortunately, like now people are finally starting to combat it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think it's led to like a lot of damage and a lot of harm, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, my final thoughts just wrapping up, um, just to get your thoughts, Mo and Doe, is just like, what do you think is a good message for Uh, the single ladies out there right because you have a lot of single women who I think what happens is a lot of single women who take the route of seduction because they're tired of being lonely Mm. you know they take the route of let me just show a little bit more let me do a little bit more let me go a little bit further with this guy because I want to be married and I can't really compete unless I put myself out there you know and I know this is just from a woman's perspective we could talk about the men's side of that but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it. Like, what would you say to the single ladies that may have that that struggle? Ms. Ezard, I would like to kick it to you. Oh. Yes, I, yes. Asked, I asked a good question. This, this lets me know, this lets me know that this question. question is fire. Okay. That, that is a good question. <laughs> and look, this is all, we can edit it. It's all good. You can take your time. We edit it. You want me to go? So you got yeah, time. I, I had a couple thoughts. So I'm going to let you go and then I'll okay. fill in. What do we tell single women, basically? I think something, I, I don't know if it was in my devotion, but this idea that like, oh, I have this book about being a, about Enneagram 7 and how any, and it talks about Enneagrams from like a biblical perspective of like the deepest longing for Enneagram 7s is that we want to know that we're going to be taken care of. But then they start talking about, but God provides everything and he gives you a living wellness, like take as much as you can handle. Like I, I will keep pouring out, but I can, I fulfill all your needs. And so if you're looking for them, take care. If you're looking for someone to take care of you, you already have him. And mm. I just thought about how often in my life I was looking for someone to fulfill the things only God could fulfill. And so when you see people's behavior, it's quick to judge them. Like, well, they shouldn't do that. And it's like, but behind it, what they're saying is like, I just want someone to notice me. I want to feel valued. I want to feel loved. I want to feel important. I want to feel relevant. And so I think when we peel back the layer of the behavior and look at the heart, what we're really saying is like, I really need a savior. Like I really need, Mm. I really need a God to love me unconditionally. And I, I mean, this is a very spiritual answer, but it's like, if you start to let him fill those areas up for you, he will heal the broken places that cause you to, to move from a place of brokenness that ultimately cause you more hurt and harm. So it's like, if you just come to him and say like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need 
mm-hmm. he will he meets it every time and he and he not only meets it but he will reveal the broken spot in your heart heal that thing heal you in the process allow you to move in wholeness and then allow you to reach back and help the next woman struggling with it and so i think mm-hmm. there's something really beautiful about being honest with god and bringing that to him and allowing him to be the sustainer of all your needs and and of course it's yeah. still hard like of course i still want to be in a relationship but in the day my 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 life's desire is to bring him glory so if this season brings some glory for me to be single then i just want to give him glory because at the end this is his life like my life is not mine it's it's his and i want to please him and, and bring him glory and so i try not to live from a place of like don't do this don't do that it's like god show me how to honor you today show me how to please you today show me how to submit my will my plans my desires to everything that you have. And then when I do that every day, I go to bed and I'm like, I feel better about me. This, okay, okay, yeah, girl. You know, like all the yeah. things I was looking for in other people, he slowly pours it into me as I seek him and follow his ways. And so that's my long about answer of saying like, seek him. <laughs> I, I guess don't know I if you can said, hear me. I'm, I'm snapping my fingers. Oh, we, we, I'm snapping my fingers it. right now. I'm snapping my fingers. That's good. <laughs> okay, Mo. Well then, uh, you know, it's so funny because this is why we're Mo and Dell. So Mo kind of came at it from the spiritual perspective and I'm coming from a practical, practical perspective. Um, so I think about it, like if you obtain someone, their, um, affection based off of how you look or what you're presenting, then that's really the only thing that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. And what I think about is that over time, I'm not going to look like that forever. Like I want the person that wants to rock with me when I don't look anything like that anymore. Cause I don't put on some weight and my hair is looking crazy and my face don't look the same, like all of those things. So yeah. I think like, when I think about it from a practical perspective, it's like, I want someone to love me for my heart and my character and what it is I can provide from, from who I am like within. And so I think that like, when, as the person who was the one who at one point in time was more comfortable um, in my <laughs> before I kind of came closer to Christ, being out here, maybe showing a little bit more, whatever those things were. I remember all of those relationships, they were only sustained by the physical and there was never any depth to those. And so when I think about what I'm looking for now, like I want something beyond that, you know? And so my encouragement would just be like, if you are looking for something lasting, um, then you want someone who is looking for the lasting qualities because beauty fades. Like we know that right there is biblical. So um, yeah, I think that would be my last little nugget. Come on, Darius. We got to get them snaps up, bro. Uh, yes. Can I add one more thing? I got something some for him. Give you the, uh, I'm snapping in the microphone. The, the oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Add, add the applause I mean, on there. Good. We got the applause. I think <laughs> also, it, when, we, when we think, I know y'all had an episode about soulmates. When we think about soulmates in the sense of like, somebody's going to complete me and fulfill every need. Like one, that's a, that's so dishonoring to God, but also like that ignores all the great people he's put in your life right now. And it's like, say yeah. I do get married next week. My husband can't fulfill all the different needs. I'm a, we're all complex beings. And so I think like, if you desire a relationship and you don't have it, then kind of to Dorian's point, like start being good at relationships with your friendships, mm-hmm. start working on friend, start working on relationships at work and with your family. Like if marriage is what you desire and you believe that God has given you that desire, like you don't have to wait for marriage to start practicing good relational habits of boundaries and clear communication and expressing your hurt and working through conflict. It's like, if that's what you want, then you can start doing some relational things today, tonight to start building the relational skill set that you need 
to be able to really succeed in marriage. And so I think that we could do a better job, all of us of like really savoring the relationships we have and mm -hmm. pouring into them because they're valuable. And marriage is not more important. You know, like, I mean, it's valuable, but I think sometimes we say like, okay, marriage is this, 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 and all these other relationships are not as important. But, mm -hmm. um, and I guess it depends on what season you are in your life. But I just think that there's also a lot of value of like appreciating who God has put in your life now and storing those relationships with, with wisdom and with love. That's real. Yeah. Hey, y'all dropped the mics on that one. I don't, I don't know what else we supposed to say. Hey, but uh, where can we find y'all's podcast? Yes, uh, you can find us on all platforms. So wherever you go get a podcast, you can find The Rooted Life. Um, so yeah, I mean, we actually have a couple new episodes coming out. Uh, one this Friday, actually. So April 23rd. Um, and then we'll be dropping some stuff in May. But um, yeah, really excited. We got a summer season coming yes. as well. Awesome. Are, are y'all still doing merch? We are still doing merch, so you can find our merch. If you follow us on Instagram at Rooted Life Podcast um, and you click on that link in our bio, then it'll take you over to our merch. Um, so we got hoodies and tees and hats and some other stuff, but it's all dope stuff. So y'all can go check that out too. Yeah, I, I can Absolutely. confirm it is all dope. Hey, yeah. appreciate yeah. you. And I didn't say this earlier, but I want to say it now. It's an honor for you guys to be on our podcast. We really appreciate Aww. the perspectives that y'all give. I've listened to a few of y'all episodes, and I love y'all friendship. You know, oh, y'all just have this genuineness about you. So, yeah, most definitely appreciate y'all coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Um, this has been great. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate the opportunity. Grateful to get to share with people. And hope folks will be blessed by it, you know. Thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, that's real. Hey, check them folks out. Hey, I promise you, you will not regret it. If you okay. if you subscribe if you subscribe to them, you will not regret it. So check it out. Uh, hit them up on Instagram, all that stuff. Um, but we hope you guys were blessed by this conversation. We hope that this gave y'all different perspectives and, and and just different angles. But with that being said, I'm Darius Watkins. Yep, I'm Ryan Thomas. Hey, and we out. <laughs>